And a very good morning behind the scenes interview time here on Worcester Radio. Our guest in studio joining us several times a month from the OSU Extension Office here in Wayne County talking agriculture is Rory Lewandowski. Rory, as always, a very good morning. Good morning, Ron. Glad to be here. Well, our topic today with Rory is silage making. And, and Rory, we generally talk about making silage each fall, but given all the late planted corn in our area this year and corn planted on prevented plant acres for a, a silage crop, does this change the conversation this year? Does this you know drastically alter how right. things are done? You know, are there some other factors to consider as well with our 2019 corn silage crop? Uh, you know, we kind of talk right. about the late planting and, and all the rain, but are there other things that we've got to consider as well? Yeah, Ron, that's a good point. Uh, that, that late planted, planted corn that's intended for corn silage, and again, whether that's on uh, prevented plant acres or uh, non-crop insurance acres, it really is a special consideration this year. So um, I know that we've started some of the conventional corn silage, but a lot of that late planted corn. Uh, depending again on planting date, how late it was planted. We've had corn planted uh, all the way through probably late July and what maturity rating that corn is. Uh, some of that corn is going to have very little or maybe even no grain production. So it's not going to act like conventional corn silage. It's going to really be more of a grass silage. And so harvest timing to ensile at the right moisture content is really going to be critical. Rory, remind our listeners again of the harvest moisture goals for silage. Uh, and also why that moisture content is so vital. Sure. Uh, well, to begin with, uh, we have to understand silage is a fermented, or you can think of a, it's a pickled product. And so that fermentation process involves bacteria. Those bacteria have to convert plant sugars into lactic acid, essentially drive that pH down to get the fermentation that we want. The bacteria that are responsible for that work, they need certain conditions to thrive. And one of those conditions is moisture. Uh, so those desirable bacteria work best in a moisture range of approximately 64 to 68% moisture. So uh, that corresponds to a plant dry matter content, obviously, of 32 to 36%. And here's the key. If you vary more than just a few moisture percentages to either side of that optimum range, that greatly increases the probability you're going to end up with poor quality silage in the best case scenario and at worst, just some really unpalatable junk. Well, before we return to managing the late planted corn crop as silage, can you briefly, Rory, review the other important factors besides moisture content, which, you know, allow for a high quality silage to be produced? Sure. Um, I think a good way to put this, I recently listened to a presentation on silage making making by Lyman Kung. He's from the University of Delaware. And uh, Dr. Kung is widely recognized for his work on silage production and especially the biology behind the fermentation process. Now in that presentation, Dr. Kung said that silage making, uh, think of it as a battle between good and bad microbes. So on the good side, we have those uh, lactic acid bacteria. And then on the bad side, we have things like yeast and molds, uh, clostridia organisms and enterobacteria, all things that, that cause undesirable outcomes. So we have both types of microbes or bugs that are present in the chopped forage. But in order to make good quality silage, we have to have those good bugs, the lactic acid bacteria. They have to win that battle. They have to dominate the process. So for that to happen, again, correct moisture and anaerobic conditions have to be present. And when those lactic acid bacteria dominate then, they lower the pH down to a level, and that's uh, somewhere probably in about that 4.5 uh, to 4.0 range. That stops the activity of those bad bugs. 
And anaerobic conditions then are created by packing silage and creating a density that uh, excludes air from getting in. Roy, talk about how a producer knows if the silage has been packed enough. Are there some guidelines, some you know, definitive things that can be used or some way of measuring silage density? Uh, there are. Uh, there are basically two factors that really directly affect the packing characteristics of ensiled forage, and that's, again, the moisture content. So here we go again, that moisture, and then particle size. So forage material, we know that if it's too dry, and so we think about uh, especially that uh, 38 to 40 percent dry matter, or that's if it's less than 60 to 62 percent moisture, it just doesn't pack well. Uh, they're likely to be air pockets in that type of, of silage, and then if we get air pockets, we get mold. Uh, forage that's chopped with a particle length that's too long also doesn't pack very well. So we have to have the right combination of moisture and, again, particle size. Now, recommendations for a theoretical length of cut for a processed corn silage is about three-quarter of an inch. And for non-processed corn silage, the recommendation is a quarter to half inch. And uh, the key here, again, on late planet silage, uh, we're not going to need processing. So really only talk about that, that processing length for uh, normal, corn, well-eared corn silage. Uh, the goal then is to pack the silage forage to achieve a density, and here we can get you know, into a, uh, an actual measurement of 40 to 45 pounds of fresh forage per cubic foot. Uh, of course, most producers are probably not going to use that measurement. That density is, however, most likely to be achieved if you're packing in thin layers, so you're putting down no more than maybe six to eight inches across uh, that, that bunker or that pile at any one time. Uh, per packing run. And then a commonly used guideline to uh, help make sure that we're getting that density is making sure we have enough packing weight. Uh, so typically we think about 800 pounds of packing weight for every ton of silage that's delivered. Uh, Unfarmed sampling then of, of uh, silo density and silage density by some research out of Penn State show that often it's that top layer of silage wasn't packed enough to get optimum fermentation and storage. So make sure that last layer is really packed well. The bottom line really is that you cannot overpack silage. So Bill Weiss, our dairy nutrition specialist at OARDC, always says, if you think you've packed enough, pack some more. Our guest in studio today, Rory Levendusky from the OSU Extension Office here in Wayne County talking about silage making. And uh, let's return now to some of those additional considerations, Rory, to keep in mind when harvesting late planted corn and silage. What are some of the challenges, A, with this crop as compared to, say, a conventional corn silage? Right. Uh, well, again, Ron, as I mentioned at the onset, much of this corn um, may not have very much grain, uh, it's going to be pretty immature grain, uh, or there are going to be some cases we may not really have any grain associated with it at all. So uh, bottom line, our sugar and starch contents are going to be low. Uh, the energy content of the silage uh, is probably then going to be lower than conventional corn silage. So that's, that's one effect. Uh, the other real challenge, though, is that that late planted corn is uh, probably not going to naturally die back. So typically our corn naturally dies back as the corn grain gets matured, signals, signals the end of the plant life, begins to die back down, works very well for silage making. Uh, in this case where it's late planted, uh, the signal to that corn plant is going to be to try to stay green and, and keep growing to stay vegetative. Uh, in that case, even up until the point we get a frost, we can have high moisture content in those plants, uh, you know, in excess of 70% moisture, maybe in that 75% or even higher range until, again, we get a frost. So 
remember we talked about we need harvest moisture to be in the 64 to 68 percent range so to give those lactic acid producing bacteria the best opportunity to work and to use those sugars that are present to get that pH as low as possible so if we harvest too wet uh, besides poor fermentation and nutrient loss we're going to get seepage uh, that becomes a real concern from an environmental standpoint. That can be a serious issue. Silage leachate uh, can cause fish kills very quickly if it reaches a stream or pond, and that typically is going to result in that farm uh, probably paying some hefty fines from EPA. What are the specific concerns with waiting until a frost to allow the crop to, to dry down to a harvest moisture level of between 64 and 68 percent? I'd imagine, first off, Rory, that weather conditions, especially wet fields, might be a factor. But, you know, are there others? Yeah, Ron, you're, you're correct there. Uh, once a frost occurs, those plants start drying down. And immediately after a frost, the plant's going to look a lot drier than it is. But uh, there, a lot of that moisture is going to be contained in, in the stem and the stalk. So don't get deceived there. Looks really can be deceiving. You're going to have to check moisture content, uh, measure it to determine the correct moisture content. Uh, but also, once that plant begins to dry down, now the clock is ticking, so we have to think, well, how many days are we going to have between that frost event and then the corn drying down too much to get good silage? Uh, so the other factor then is we have a narrow harvest window at that point. Uh, so what is your harvest capability and capacity? Can you get all of your late planted corn acres harvested in silage for time? Uh, so is there enough on-farm and or, you know, custom harvest capacity? That's going to be a concern in some instances. What other options are there to harvest late-planted corn and, you know, at the same time still get a good silage feedstuff? Right. So if we can't wait, in, you know, until frost for all these acres because we just don't have the capacity and, and that time uh, window is short, uh, we can treat that crop as a grass silage. So think of something like uh, sorghum sedan grass plantings. Uh, basically what that means is you're going to go out there and cut that crop before a frost, you're going to wilt it down to the correct harvest moisture, um, and then you're going to chop it either for ensiling or you could come along and, and uh, bale it as a baleage product. Rory, what are the risks associated with the option you just talked about? Yeah, and that's, uh, that's another good point because it, there are some risks. So uh, Kevin Shiners, who is a biological systems engineer in the Ag Engineering Department at the University of Wisconsin, has uh, done some work looking at late planted corn and trying to get it harvested uh, in this manner of, of wilting it down. He says really that soil contamination could be an issue because, again, this isn't like hay ground. You're, you're cutting a crop. Uh, you've got it exposed to soil. And whenever there's soil contamination, then we have the risk of undesirable clostridial fermentation increasing. Uh, so the key really at that point becomes careful setup of your equipment, uh, maybe raising that cutting height a little bit, uh, making sure that your pickups on your machine are adjusted so that you're not uh, digging into the soil, but trying to set up that equipment to keep dirt out of that harvested forage. Rory, as we wrap things up today, any final comments regarding 2019 silage making that, that you feel like you need to cover? Yeah, I think uh, the other key here is that this is really, I think, going to be a year when silage inoculants can be very beneficial, uh, especially in immature forages. Uh, that population of that lactic bacteria we've talked about uh, might be a little bit lower than on a, on a mature or, or better eared silage crop. So for that late planted corn harvested as silage, really consider the use of a homolactic bacteria. Uh, 
bacteria inoculant. Uh, that's the type of inoculant that really promotes that lactic acid production. Uh, it'll help produce more lactic acid. It'll drive that silage pH down, which is what we need. And then again, just make sure, again, air is excluded uh, from piles and bunkers. So consider lining the sidewalls of any bunkers with plastic and then cover the pile or bunker within hours after you complete your harvesting and packing. All right, good stuff as always, Rory. If anybody wants to find out more details about today's topic, how do they go about doing that? Yeah, they can contact me at the Wayne County Extension Office at 330-264-8722. We also have a section on silage production uh, posted on our website at the Wayne County website at wayne.osu.edu. And just click on the Agriculture and Natural Resources section. Once again, Rory Levandusky from the OSU Extension Office in Wayne County stopping by this morning to talk about silage making here in 2019 and all the challenges that have gone along with that. So uh, we've got much more to get to. As always, Rory, thanks for coming in. We'll come back and take a look at your area weather forecast. Up next, you're listening to Behind the Scenes here on Worcester Radio. I'm your host, Ron Hamilton. Again, weather on the way next.